listener production. Hey, Rihanna Patrick here with The Briefing. Australia is known for its sun, surf and sand, but despite having plenty of sun, it seems we don't get enough vitamin D here. So when you're smothering yourself with your sunblock and you're lying on the beach going, getting my vitamin D, getting my vitamin D, you're getting zero. So how much vitamin D do you need to stay healthy and what's the best way to get it? That's today's briefing. But first, headlines with Eleanor Harrison Dengate. It's Thursday, the 5th of January. The Australian Defence Force will have over a billion dollars worth of missiles fast-tracked. Part of the reason the government has bought these new missiles is because of a capability gap caused by the timeline blowout of the replacement of Australia's submarine fleet. Yeah, so from 2026, the Australian Army will have these US-made HIMARS, which have been the standout in the Ukraine conflict. And the high-mobility artillery rocket system was responsible for the devastating New Year's Day strike, which killed a number of Russian soldiers. So the Army currently has howitzers, which have a range of up to 40 kilometres, while the HIMARS, which is a wheeled vehicle, has the capability to carry and launch up to six missiles with a range of more than 300 kilometres. And the Australian Navy will also have new strike missiles from Norway. And this is an interesting one, Rihanna, because actually the Ukrainian president, Volodymyr Zelensky, has said the HIMARS, according to him, have changed the course of the war. Yeah, Eleanor, and of course this is what Ukraine was waiting for, was this kind of capability. Three Australian Defence Force aircraft have been sent to the Kimberley to help evacuate residents as the region continues to grapple with record-breaking floods. We've seen photos of animals who are floating through the river. It's distressing for people to see and people are scared and that's normal. Just remind people just to, to be safe, don't take risks, don't try drive through these waters because you'll be washed away. That's Stephen Dawson, the Western Australian Emergency Services Minister, and an evacuation centre at Fitzroy Crossing, which is about five hours east of Broome, is nearly full, while flooding at the Fitzroy River is beginning to fall after hitting that record level of more than 15 metres yesterday. So the Bureau is expecting the ex-tropical cyclone Ellie to hover east of Broome before heading southeast later today. It's continuing to dump heavy rain across the region. And Rihanna, I think you can tell me just how much that is. So yesterday I was saying that I was seeing a lot of pictures of a lot of water that I really couldn't explain. And meteorologists are now saying that it's one of the highest flow rates that they've seen in an Australian river. And they're saying that the amount of water that is actually moving down the Fitzroy River in a day is what Perth would use water-wise in 20 years. So what we're talking about is a lot of water. Woody. Former PM Kevin Rudd is already making waves ahead of his appointment to the US ambassador role in March. But on the economy, the United States happy to throw some of its allies under a bus. That's Rudd on Bloomberg TV. So he's argued the US is operating with one arm tied behind its back in the Asia-Pacific because it hasn't focused enough on trade, saying it's just as important as ties based on security. Yeah, and Shadow Foreign Minister Simon Birmingham has criticised Rudd's language, calling it opinionated lecturing and that it's not an encouraging start to a role that requires both deft handling and policy smarts. And Rudd was also very careful to say he wasn't speaking as Australia's ambassador yet. 
still in the US and it's a messy start to the new year for Congress. Republicans are having issues voting on who will be House Speaker to replace Nancy Pelosi after Republicans took control of the House following the US midterms. Yeah, the man most likely, Eleanor, to become Speaker is Kevin McCarthy, um, who has failed to be elected by his colleagues after four rounds of voting. The right wing of the party is the one that's refusing to back him and there's no other viable challenger. McCarthy has even been backed by Donald Trump. The former president's posted on his social media platform, Truth Social, that it's now time for all of our great Republican House members to vote for Kevin. But it hasn't been enough. And it appears McCarthy's strategy is basically to just wear down his colleagues. What do you do on the 10th vote, the 30th vote, the 50th vote, if it just doesn't move? Look, I I have the record for the longest speech ever on the floor. I don't have a problem getting a record for the most votes for speaker, too. Yeah, so without a speaker, the House can't fully form. And so that means that the government can't swear in its members, engage in floor proceedings or launch investigations into the Biden administration. And it means it can't carry out some of its core functions like passing bills or raising the debt ceiling. Now, Eleanor, this is the first time since 1923 that they failed to choose a leader after a first round vote. Um, McCarthy is kind of holding the record because he's now lost those four consecutive votes for Speaker. And really what has to happen is they have to keep voting until someone gets a majority. So until they do, none of this other work can be carried out. Briefly in other news, two couples who survived the Gold Coast helicopter crash say their hearts are heavy for those who died and their families. In a statement released yesterday, they also thanked their hero pilot for landing their helicopter safely through all the chaos. Mandatory COVID-19 testing for travellers from China, Hong Kong and Macau has come into effect today. People must test negative within 48 hours of flying. And there's a number of exemptions, including air crew and kids under 12, while similar measures are already in place in the US, Japan, Britain and India. Melbourne is on track to overtake Sydney's population. By 2031, Melbourne is predicted to grow to 6 million people, pipping Sydney by a couple of hundred thousand. And in more weather news, the Bureau of Meteorology is saying there's a 40% chance the weather could swing from the wet and cool La Nina we've been experiencing to a hot and dry El Nino next year. Thanks, Eleanor. Next, vitamin D. How do you get enough of it and why is it important? is often a time when you might think a little bit more about your overall health. Things like, am I moving enough? Could I eat a little bit better than I do? But for me, it's also about how much vitamin D should I be getting and what's the best way to get it? And I've never been entirely clear about vitamin D or how to even make sure that I'm getting enough of it. But Roger Sutherland is a nutritionist, a shift worker, and also the host of the Healthy Shift podcast, which discusses vitamin D quite a bit. Roger, am I alone in not really understanding vitamin D? I mean, how much does the average person understand about vitamin D? You are absolutely not alone when it comes to vitamin D. I personally believe that vitamin D is without doubt the most underrated hormone, feel-good hormone in our body. And you asked me, you called it a hormone, Rog, but it's uh, it's referred to as vitamin D, but it is actually a hormone and it's our feel-good hormone. So if we look at why we feel a bit depressed or why we're feeling flat, that can literally be due to a vitamin D deficiency. 
Roger, the message for a long time, I guess, has been about being sun smart, about slip, slop and slap. And it's an important message. But does it also lead to some confusion about how you go about getting vitamin D safely if you don't want to take supplements and you want to use the sun? Yeah, absolutely. It will really surprise you that in Australia, with our sun, you would think that Australians would not be vitamin D deficient. But unfortunately, Australians are severely vitamin D deficient, which you go, wow, mind-blowing. But the reason for this is because if you think back to even from the time that you were born, you know, it's a hat, it's a slip-slop-slap. We've had this slip-slop-slap campaign running for so many years. And vitamin D won't synthesize through our clothing. It doesn't synthesize through sunblock even. So because we're putting sunblock on, and as females as well, thinking about those tinted moisturizers that have got an SPF factor in it as well, you're not absorbing vitamin D through that. So when you're smothering yourself with your sunblock and you're lying on the beach going, getting my vitamin D, getting my vitamin D, you're getting zero. So then how do we go about getting vitamin D safely then? To give you an idea of how much vitamin D that you would need if you were to try and get it from food, because we we literally, it's the one nutrient that we can't get sufficient from through food. I'll give you an idea. If you were to try and get what would be the requirement of vitamin D, you would need to drink about six litres of whole milk. And you would think, I can't do that. Um, Or consume about 143 large eggs. Now, that's to get to about 2,500 international units, which I recommend is the amount that people should be supplementing. So one of the things that I've always wondered about, Roger, is is there a particular time of the year, a particular time of the day that it's easier to get vitamin D? And do we need to have a lot of skin present for that? Or can it just be, you know, your hands or your legs? Absolutely. Here's a good test for people. The sun must be higher than 30 degrees above the horizon for us to be able to synthesize vitamin D on our skin. And you might think, well, how do we work that out without getting a protractor out? One of the best measures to work this out is literally to have a look at it as, is my shadow shorter than I am tall. So if you're standing there and you look down at your shadow, if your shadow is shorter than you are tall, then you will be synthesizing vitamin D on your skin. Now, the backs of your hands or you know, just on your legs or on your arms, 10 minutes is all you need to satisfy the sufficient amount of vitamin D for our body to synthesize it through the skin. But as another hint for people, no matter where they're listening to this podcast from around the world, there's an app which is called D-Minder, and it's just the letter D and the word Minder together. When you install that app, it uses your location and it will tell you what your vitamin D window is wherever you are because it's location specific. Like, As we get closer to the equator, of course, our vitamin D window is much more open because we don't get vitamin D from the sun through our winter hours because the sun is too low and we need to supplement through winter. So if people get hold of this D-Minder app, it will literally tell you unique to where you are when you can get your vitamin D and you only need about 10 to 15 minutes unsunblocked. So don't just turn your face to the sun while you've got um, 
a tinted moisturiser on with an SPF factor because you won't synthesise vitamin D. So you've got to have no sunblock on, do your 10 to 15 minutes and then put your sunblock on. That's what I highly recommend that people do. Or the other thing that you can do is you can just go out and sit in the backyard for 10 minutes. The benefits are enormous for this. People totally underestimate. If you think about our mood, have a think about how our mood is in the summertime compared to the wintertime. Now, seasonal affected disorder is, is real. All right. When we don't get our light and we don't get our vitamin D in the winter, we feel miserable. We feel flat. We can't get going. You know, life is really miserable for us. Then we get to the summer and inadvertently, just by moving around, we catch sun on the backs of our hands, on our legs or whatever that are unsunblocked. And you notice that as you get towards the end of the summer, as we build up our vitamin D stores, we find that we feel so good. Vitamin D is our happy hormone, and it's also for fatigue. You know how much more better we feel up and about during the summer as well, because vitamin D deficiency contributes massively to fatigue as well in our body. So can that be one of the signs, Roger, if you're feeling a little bit fatigued, like you might not be getting enough sleep, that it could also be your body saying you need some more vitamin D? Absolutely. Um, And this is what I teach my shift workers as well, because if you think of shift workers overnight or during the day, they're sleeping during the day, so they're not available for the vitamin D window, and they're clearly not going to be getting vitamin D overnight. So I recommend they all supplement. And the mood change and the fatigue factor that's changed in my shift workers purely from just taking vitamin D. Now, if you think about it, as a journalist, you're up in the early hours, so you don't get the light, you're not getting the sun, you're probably in a studio or at home all day, and you don't get the sun in the window that you need to get it. So you will be vitamin D deficient. And this is something I've been thinking about, Roger, because you're absolutely right. Job-wise, I don't spend a lot of time outside, and I've learnt a lot already of you saying that the sun needs to be in a certain place in order to get that maximum benefit. But then I also wonder, do we all react to vitamin D the same way or do some of us need more than others? Ah, Now, this is a really good question, particularly from from yourself, because you have darker skin, so it's harder to synthesize vitamin D. Now, looking at me, I'm Mr. Lily White. So I will synthesize vitamin D very quickly and very easily, but I will also burn very quickly as well. So there's a there's got to be a really happy balance there. Like as much as you need 10 minutes of vitamin D or, or sunshine to get the vitamin D, you wouldn't want to be out there at 1.30 in the afternoon just laying out there in the sun for 15 minutes because you'll, you know, we've got to be careful with the sun. It's dangerous here in Australia. Now, if you were to go out into the sun for exactly the same amount of time that I did, exactly the same amount of skin exposed, you won't synthesise vitamin D as well. And this is, depending on where you come from in the world, the Asian population don't synthesise vitamin D as well either. So, you know, where people come from, people of colour that have got, um, you know, come from uh, Africa with really, really dark skin, they just don't synthesise vitamin D as well and they need to get more vitamin D. Roger, you mentioned there that you work with shift workers. You're a shift worker yourself. How much did you think about vitamin D and how it influences your health before you found, you know, you found this path into nutrition? I did not at all. Um <laughs> Because there's no education around about that. This is 
what's really important. And one of the first things that I looked at, what's one of the first things that shift workers suffer from more than anything else? And that's brain fog and fatigue. So what I've done was I started to look for what the root causes of brain fog and fatigue are. And that is obviously sleep, which is a problem because they're trying to sleep with a dysregulated circadian rhythm. But the other thing is as well, vitamin D is something that's very simple to supplement, for people to supplement or to test for. It's a very simple test. A doctor these days in Australia does not, by course, just check your vitamin D. You actually have to ask for it. It's something that used to be tested before, but it's now not actually tested. Majority of doctors just accept the fact that people are vitamin D deficient and they'll tell people to supplement with vitamin D. But if you ask your doctor when you next get your blood test done, and I highly recommend that everybody gets their bloods tested at least every six months. It's a free test here in Australia anyway. You can go and see a bulk bill doctor, ask for a blood test and specifically ask to be checked for vitamin D. And when that result comes back, ask your doctor, how much should I be supplementing here? Because this is how I'm living my life. Now, a lot of us are coming out of the winter now, well, we're coming out of the winter and we're going into the best part of our summer now. We will be vitamin D deficient and it will take us until probably the end of January or February before we start to top up our vitamin D supplies. Our vitamin D is what's called a fat-soluble vitamin. So our body stores it in our fat cells and uses it as it needs it. It's not like vitamin C. Vitamin C is something that we just take what the body doesn't use, we urinate that out. But vitamin D gets stored in our fat cells. And our clever little body will know that if we actually have sufficient vitamin D synthesized and saved in our fat cells, it actually won't synthesize it through the skin anymore. It'll only synthesize what it actually needs. How interesting. So does that mean that in this period where we've got really good chance to get our vitamin D topped up, could that last us through winter or do we still need to think about that a little bit more? No, it will not last us through the winter time. And in fact, it depletes very quickly. Another reason why vitamin D is so important is because it is what assists us with the absorption of our calcium. And we think about calcium, teeth, and bones. Really, really important. So a vitamin D deficiency will bring brittle and weak bones because we can't absorb the calcium that goes with it. So it's really important that while we're having our yogurts and our dairy, where we're getting our calcium from it, that we're getting the vitamin D to literally assist us with the absorption of that for strong bones and teeth. That's Roger Sutherland, nutritionist, shift worker and host of the Healthy Shift podcast. And of course, just a reminder that this advice is always general in nature and you should always check with your doctor. But I'm definitely downloading that app and I'm going to give it a bit of a go to see. But it does sound like that because... I am a little bit darker that I may need to take a supplement anyway. So I have learnt a lot. That's today's briefing. Tomorrow, we find out about Canada's ban on foreigners buying property and whether a similar strategy could help with the housing crisis here. Catch you tomorrow. Listener.